I'm Steph. And I'm Drew. And you're listening to Spirited Spirits. Halloween and um, it's gone by too fast yeah well we were just talking about this it's like it feels like we've had a good fall I've I feel like we got to do a lot of the things we wanted to do there's probably movies we didn't get to watch but we really wanted to watch but ultimately it's been a good fall season like it's been a good spooky season yeah and I feel like how I you know we we got to watch a good number of horror movies that we like. I, I I feel like with us though, spooky season kind of it's extends, all year round. Yeah, it extends the gambit of like you know three hundred sixty five days a year. But like certain things you like to do in the fall, and I feel right. like we've we've done that. Like I feel like right, we got I feel content with where we're at. Right, it just sucks that it's almost over because this is our favorite time. I could have done more. Yeah, but I'm grateful for what we did get to do. So what are we talking about tonight, honey? So, oh, well, first of all, we are drinking Witching Hour Cabernet Sauvignon, um, which I'm getting ready to post on our Instagram. Um, I feel like that's our chosen one. We've had it. Well, we've had it before, and I love it. So I'm a cab girl. Like, I've talked about this before. I love Cabernet Sauvignon. But I love the Witching Hour for whatever reason. I love, like, it's just, the label's great, the wine's great, and um, since it's, you know, spooky season and... Season of the Witch. Uh, I thought, why not? We'll just drink that, and we didn't. We didn't want to mess with the cocktail tonight. So, right. all right. So tonight we are doing <clears throat> the history and horror of Halloween. Ooh. So this is something I've been researching and planning to talk about, um, and so I thought tonight was the perfect night to discuss. So the origins of Halloween are really cultural and religious in nature. And um, you, you, babe, you probably know this. Yes. Because of trick or treat. And yeah. uh, about 2,000 years ago, in the land that is now known as Ireland, the United Kingdom, and Northern France, the ancient Celts celebrated the end of summer and the harvest season, usually on or around October 31st. This is called Samhain. Also, it looks like it's spelled like Sam Hain. <laughs> Sam Hain. It's, it's Samhain. All right, that's the appropriate pronunciation. I, I, yeah, I celebrate Sam Hain. <laughs> um, so the, the October thirty first was like they're celebrating the end of summer and they're they're beckoning in the new year, which is like the beginning of the dark season. Actually, mm-hmm. on November first, that's winter darkness. So it's just the way that they kind of separated their calendars and their, their years. This was the time of year when they were, like I said, moving into the dark time. And the Celts believed that the veil between the living world 
and the realm of the dead was at its thinnest. Mm-hmm. So they believe that during this time, ghosts could return to Earth and wreak havoc. And the Celtic priests, who were known as the Druids, could make predictions during this time of year or prophecies about the upcoming year. And the Druids would build these large bonfires and the Celts would burn crops and sacrifice animals, asking their deities for protection. Mm. Okay. They dressed in costumes, usually animal skins and heads. And it was their way of like trying to scare off the spirits that might mean them harm. Okay. Okay. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So then um, when the Romans move in and um, they took over the region about by 43 AD, the Romans combined their two festivals with Samhain. There was the festival of Feralia, which was held in late October to honor the dead. And then there was the festival of Pomona, commemorating the Roman goddess of fruit and trees. And her symbol was the apple. Oh. So this is probably why we pick apples this time of year. So Bob for apples. Bob for apples at Halloween parties. Yes. It's representing Pomona. So it's very pagan in nature. Yeah. But then Catholicism took over the Roman world. And these festivals were blended so we get this All Souls Day and All Saints Day celebrations. Okay. Now, a side note, the Catholic Feast of All Martyrs Day was originally held in May, but Pope Gregory III expanded it to All Saints and then moved it to November 1st. All Saints Day was also known as All Hallows or All Hallow Mass. So the night before became known as All Hallows' Eve, which was then shortened to become Halloween. Oh, okay. You probably heard this, though, yeah. in some version before. Yeah. It was celebrated in much the same way as Samhain. They did bonfires, they wore costumes, they held parades honoring the dead. And in Europe, on All, all Sales... Ugh, I can't speak today. All Souls Day. Mm-hmm. The poor or people who were impoverished would beg for food from people who were wealthy or more well-off citizens of, of the European world. And the European wealthy would give soul cakes, so soul like cakes. little little like bread cakes, to the impoverished people. In return for them praying for their dead ancestors. Wait, hold on. So it was like, you you show up at my door, you're begging for food. I'll give you food, but in return you have to pray for my dead ancestors. Man, rich people. That's <laughs> shit. So but, like, but so you can kind of <laughs> see how this is becoming. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the trick or treat. Like, but not quite. We'll get to that. But but okay. but also, let's talk about the fact that yeah, you know, rich people like. Of course, like that's how it is. Yes. Like, you know, here's your tiny more. I'm not going to give you anything just for but nothing. But uh-uh, you can't have it for free. You have to pray for my ancestors first. Right. Let me hear you say it. So. Bullshit. <laughs> Halloween was initially not popular in America due to strict Puritan or Protestant beliefs. Right. Like that right. was frowned upon Catholicism and all its <clears throat> dogma. Um, that was all very much frowned upon. So, but there were other autumnal 
festivities that did occur in colonial America. There were harvest celebrations that it did include dancing, fortune telling, and ghost stories. So this is this has been a tradition for some time. Now, when Irish immigrants arrived in the later half of the 19th century, they brought with them the traditions of Halloween, namely bobbing for apples, dressing in costumes, and pulling pranks. Full paper houses. So in the 1930s, the pranks actually became way worse. They were vandalism. I mean, people were going and destroying homes and doing all kinds of stuff. So the traditional saying of trick-or-treat was very serious. It was a very serious threat. It was literally, you give me candy or I will vandalize your home. Oh. <laughs> so, but by the 1950s, Halloween had evolved into a mainly child-centric holiday. Families handed out candy to neighborhood children as a way of celebrating together as a community. And since then, the holiday has really grown becoming more commercialized. It's now a billion dollar industry. I mean, think about it. You've got candy manufacturers that are stepping up their production. You've got Halloween costumes and decorations being sold in stores. Halloween stores that are opening up and catering to people who, you know, want to have the, the scariest costumes or the scariest decorations, right? All the spooky supplies. And not to mention, scary movies have become a staple this time of year. So people, you know, who don't normally watch scary movies like, you know, you and I who watch them year-round. You're <laughs> right. All of a sudden, they're they're putting on a scary movie because it's Halloween. Um, so, you know, I'm thinking specifically of John Carpenter's Halloween, the original 19, 1978 film with Jamie Lee Curtis. So we don't have cable anymore, but I remember Halloween and all the sequels airing back-to-back -back on AMC Fear Fest. Yes. Do you remember that? Yes. And how great that was? That I mean, was they awesome. played, like, they literally played horror movies all day long. That was before our child. Weeks before Halloween. Right, where we could watch horror movies yeah. all the time and not, like, traumatize our child. Yeah. We can't do that now. No, but we did <laughs> sign up for Shudder, and that's oh, been fun. But we have to like usually pause while he when he comes downstairs. Right. But <laughs> so now let's talk about some of the infamous Halloween true crime stories. There's Halloween true crime stories. Yes. Yes. Ooh. Um. There. So some of the traditions or fears that we have around Halloween are based in some kind of fact. Um. Although urban legend has obviously kind of taken over and made things worse than it really right. is but the I first feel like most like urban legends or something of that nature usually start in some form of truth yes so yeah so let's talk about one of the first ones okay i mean there's there's there was a few things that happened before this one but this is one that i feel like is so deeply ingrained in american society that to this day i mean it's, okay so think of it this way what's the number one safety rule for halloween oh always check your candy why because there was a razor blade in like a chocolate bar or something. That's what I was always told in like when I went when I was a kid. Like when my mom checked my candy, it was because like a needle or a razor blade would be inside of a chocolate bar. Okay. And not to say that it hasn't happened in some way, shape, or form, but that right. actually the fear of candy being 
tampered with actually stems from a real case. Mm-hmm. So Halloween night, 1974 in Deer Park, Texas, a man named Ronald Clark O'Brien actually gave potassium cyanide laced uh, pixie sticks to his two children and three neighborhood kids. He claimed... That's crazy. Yeah, hold on. He claimed he got the candy from a neighbor who, when they had actually gone trick-or-treating at this house beforehand, the neighbor hadn't actually answered the door initially. But the children kind of got... They wanted to move on to the next house, so they did. And so he stayed behind, and he claims the person answered and produced five pixie sticks. Okay? Okay. So, his son, Timothy, wanted to eat some candy before he went to bed. So, he chose one of the pixie sticks that his dad, or he chose the pixie stick his dad had given him. Now, upon tasting it, Timothy said it was bitter tasting. And so, Ronald, his father, gave him some Kool-Aid to help him wash it down. Well, Timothy immediately began vomiting and convulsing. Ronald tried to take Timothy to the hospital, but he died on the way there. What the fuck, man? Like, that's so fucked up. That's so fucked up on so many reasons, just for the fact it's like, it's your own kid. I know that happens. But they don't know that yet. Hold on. Okay. The community grew very concerned about poison candy. Luckily, the other children hadn't yet consumed their pixie sticks, so the police were able to recover the remaining four. An autopsy revealed that Timothy died from a fatal dose of potassium cyanide. Initially... Ronald said he couldn't remember which home had offered him the pixie sticks. Right. But police grew suspicious of him when it was revealed they only went trick-or-treating down two streets. Mm -hmm. So in questioning the neighbors, they learned none of the homes had given out 21-inch pixie sticks. So they're like real long ones. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember those. Yeah. When O'Brien claimed the one home where no one initially answered was the one giving out the powdered candy... Police questioned the owner, Courtney Melvin. Well, Melvin was an air traffic controller, and he was working Halloween night, and more than 200 people vouched for him. Yeah. Yeah, you fucked up now. Yeah. (laughs) So police soon discovered O'Brien had a motive for killing his children. That's fucked up, man. Yeah. He was in debt, and he had recently taken out a life insurance policy on both of his kids. (sighs) His wife said she was not even aware of the policies. Police also discovered that Ronald had recently tried to buy cyanide at a chemical supply store. Now, he apparently left without purchasing any because the smallest amount available was five pounds. Five pounds of potassium cyanide. And he didn't need that much and he didn't want to be suspicious, I guess? I I, I guess. Because I feel like if if you come home, like, hi, honey... I've come home from the store. What is that? Oh, that's five pounds of potassium cyanide. Yeah. Like, why? How do you explain that off? And how do you explain it off from, like, any purchasing it, like, on your record? Exactly. Well, police weren't actually able to determine how he got it, but they had enough to arrest him for Timothy's death or Timothy's murder, really. On November 5th, 1974, he was indicted on one count of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder. He pled not guilty. So, I have a question. Okay. I guess, well, no, maybe I'm thinking of an answer to my own question. Because I guess he would go ahead and do the other four 
neighborhood kids because he wanted to look like it wasn't just his children that it was yeah that this was someone who was given that's fucked up okay so the fucked upness like levels of this are are, like they're getting like there's more it's one thing to kill his own kids for life insurance policy but he was willing to kill neighborhood kids to cover his cover yeah yeah so, O'Brien was found guilty on all charges on June 3rd, 1975. After numerous postponements, O'Brien was executed by lethal injection on March 31st, 1984. You know, they should have given him a pixie stick. Yeah, they didn't. They should have given him his own cocktail of pixie mm-hmm. stick. Like, hey, look, like this is what you fed your own child. This is how you're going to die. Well, ironically, he's been dubbed the Candyman. Ooh. I don't like that. <laughs> I mean, the Candyman already is is creepy as yeah. a get out, but to have a true crime version of the Candyman, mm-hmm. like sweets for the sweet type of thing, no, mm. yeah, don't like that. All right, so another horrific Halloween crime occurred in 1982 in Fort Dodge, Iowa. Marvin and Ethel Brandland were handing out cat candy to trick-or-treaters. They had just had their uh, grandchild over okay. visiting them. And then they um, were handing out candy to trick-or-treaters in the neighborhood. When Ethel opened the door to find a man wearing a pillowcase with eye holes cut out, and he demanded, give me your money or I'll shoot. Okay. She assumed it was just a prank. Mm. So she actually tried to pull the pillowcase off of his face. And he stopped her, and she went to get him some candy, but the man followed her into her home. Okay, so he went inside her house. Yeah, it's not a good trick-or-treater if he's just like, you know... Right. He pulled out a gun and aimed it at her and her husband, Marvin. He demanded the money from their safe, which was in their basement. So he knew about the safe that was in their basement, that they claim that only... This was what's really interesting. Only family knew about the safe. Okay. Okay. Marvin was still believing this was all just a prank. And so he tried to grab the gun, but the robber shot him in the throat. Strangely, the robber then took off his pillowcase mask, threw it on the ground, and ran away. Marvin was taken to the hospital, but died a day later. He was actually going in for surgery, and he... He passed away. So did Ethel see who it was? Yeah. So Ethel died nine months later, seemingly of a broken heart. But before she passed, Ethel was able to provide a description of the robber. She said he had blonde hair and blue eyes, and he looked to be about 16 to 20 years old. Now, family members claim that based on this information, they know who it is. They think it was a family acquaintance. But... The, the police have not arrested anyone in this case. So oh. it remains unsolved. Because what? because Ethel was the only witness, and she died, you know, nine months after he passed away. They were never able to bring forth charges. She was the only witness, and they didn't want to, I guess, bring the man to trial without any real evidence other than this woman's testimony, and now she's dead. But the family... They think they know, based on the description, who it is. But they don't have any proof. There's no proof. And in fact, years later, they did DNA evidence on the mask. Mm -hmm. Because I guess the family still had the pillowcase 
mask that he had worn on his face, but they were never, there was no substantial DNA evidence on it to make it, you know, be worthwhile for court, you know, to be able to put someone away. Mm. So even before these two crimes, though, there was the 1957 trick or treat murder. This one's really interesting. I haven't heard of this one. Okay. After 11 p.m. on Halloween night, 1957, Betty Fabiano and her husband, Peter, heard their doorbell ring. Peter got up and answered the door saying, isn't it kind of late for this sort of thing? Betty said she heard someone respond, but it couldn't make out what they were saying, only that it sounded like a man impersonating a woman. Okay. Then she heard a gunshot and a loud thump and a car sped off. Betty raced down the stairs to find her husband shot in the chest. He died before they even made it to the hospital. Now, at first, the police were unable to find a suspect or motive for the crime. But then they talked to Joan Rabel. She had worked briefly in one of the couple's beauty stores. So this couple owned several beauty stores in L.A. Okay. Apparently, the Fabianos had separated for a time, and Betty stayed with Joan, this woman. Okay. Okay. Their relationship started off as a friendship, but soon they were much more. Okay. They were more romantically involved. All right. But when, but so Peter found out and he was not happy about this coupling. All right. And Betty, I guess, decided to give her husband another try to make their marriage work. So he went, she went back to her husband and Joan felt betrayed. So police arrested Joan for the murder of Peter on November 16th, but they didn't have enough evidence to hold her. And there was an anonymous tip that was given that helped them find the murder weapon. A 38 caliber pistol was found in a rented locker. Now records show the gun belonged to a woman named Goldine Pizer. She confessed to the crime when she was interrogated, but she said Joan had cast a spell on her. And I don't think she means, I don't think she means a legit spell. I think she means like she was convinced by Joan. Okay. Who I think had become her lover at this point. Right. That Peter was evil. So Joan often spoke of how much she hated Peter. They talked about killing Peter, and Goldine bought the gun. They decided Halloween night was the night they were going to do it. And both women were charged with first-degree murder because Goldine confessed. Right. And just, like, you know, spilled the beans. Joan pleaded not guilty while Goldine pleaded insanity. It's interesting that she pleaded insanity. Yeah. So, just before their trials were to begin, the women accepted a plea deal for second-degree murder. Which I thought was interesting. Mm. People were not happy about that. Right. So, I just really quickly want to touch on the fact that there has been some other crime or, like, missing persons um, that have been reported on Halloween. Okay. Specifically teens and children that have gone missing. Oh, great. So, in my research... Um, let's see. 1969 Halloween Day, Patricia 
Spencer and Pamela Hobley um, went missing. They're still missing. Um, let's see. 1955 on Halloween day, Marilyn Damon, Damon um, and Stephen Damon. Wait, Marilyn was the mother. Stephen and Pamela were her children. And they were taken. Now the daughter, Pamela, was found, but the son was not ever found. And they actually suspected, have you ever heard of the boy in the box? Vaguely. The 1957 case of the boy in the box? Yeah. They suspected that that was her son, Stephen. Oh, shit. But no, DNA evidence ended up proving that was not the case. Okay. Um, Hyung Jong Song was at Penn State in 2001. 2001? She left a party at 2 a.m. And she was reported missing. She had her false lashes. They were actually found inside of her of her apartment or okay. her dorm. Or, um, but she was not found. She, is she still missing? Yes. Um, although there was a suspect... Uh, a suspected serial killer that potentially, I think it was in 2003, Hugo Selinski claimed to have kidnapped, he was, he claimed that he had kidnapped her and had kept her for years and, or, or I'm sorry, he had kept her bunny ears, um, but there's no evidence. They were never able to find her body on his property. Um, let's see. There was another one I wanted to mention. Oh, uh, Nima Louise Carter vanished Halloween night. They, I think they did find her. Her body was found in a refrigerator in an abandoned house. And they never found the, the person that did that? That was a young child, and they suspected it could have been a local babysitter, but they couldn't. They didn't have any evidence to prove that that was the case. Um, Halloween night, twenty twelve, Rebecca Gay disappeared, and um, I guess Rebecca's mom was engaged to this pastor, Pastor White, and he had a violent history. Oh, of course. Um. Her mom, Sally, like I said, was engaged to this man. And allegedly he fantasized about deceased women. And he admitted to police that he killed Rebecca due to his fantasies. And he killed himself in prison. And he was a pastor. Yeah. Actually, ironically, um, the guy that gave the Pixie Six, Ronald. Right. Um, O'Brien. Yeah. He was a deacon in his local church. What the fuck? So it's like these people... Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. There's something sick. There's something wrong. I think with sometimes, them. and I'm not saying all the time. I think sometimes there are people that get into like the church for very nefarious reasons, mm -hmm. and like this stuff happens. I'm not saying it's all the time because I feel like you know you can have like good people in the church, but I feel like there's also very bad people that like mm -hmm. i can get in the church and be able to prey on people very easily yeah because of my status yeah well and the uh, o'brien guy who gave the pixie sticks one of the kids he gave a pixie stick to was a child he knew from church 
He was like, he recognized that kid. He was like, oh yeah, he goes to our church and he deliberately gave him. That's even more fucked up. But luckily, I think that was the kid that when they actually, in my research I saw, um, he had wanted to eat a pixie stick, but it was like, I guess it was like his parents were like, go to bed, go to bed. You don't need to eat any more candy. And so he'd gone upstairs with it in his hands. Mm -hmm. And so when the police ended up like finding out what was going on, that the pixie stick was laced with the cyanide. Mm-hmm. Um, they raced upstairs and they found him. He was dead asleep. Sorry, that was a bad terminology. He was, he asleep. was asleep. Yes. <laughs> um, and he was clutching the pixie stick in his hand. He wasn't able to tear off the like, you know, how at the top there was like that paper with the staple to uh-huh. keep it closed. Yeah. He c- couldn't get it open. So he was trying. So to he get was open. spared because he had it in his hand. Holy shit. He was spared. So you're saying that at that point he was trying to get open. Couldn't get open. And fell asleep. asleep. That's the only reason he's alive today. Or was alive. Because, That's crazy. Yeah. That. So what do you think it is about Halloween and, and like these, these true crime situations? Well, so I think it's an excuse for people to... I definitely think there's probably... There may be more than we realize about the holiday and the traditions, and people take it more seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if the, ori- the the origins of Halloween included animal sacrifice, it just makes me wonder if some of these people take some of this shit literally, mm-hmm. and it becomes a sacrificial thing. I mean, you hear about black cats, people who find these black cats or adopt black cats around Halloween mm-hmm. as a way to sacrifice like to kill these cats off. Right. Horrific. I would I would and and we have a very big wolf dog that probably would not like a black cat, but if we were to adopt a cat, you would want a I would cat. want a black cat. Well, and I would I would don't I would adopt I'm, one around this time. I don't want to sacrifice it. I want to keep it and love on it. Like but um My mom works at an animal shelter and I'm I'm like ninety nine percent positive that they were very careful not to adopt out black cats this time of year if they had any black cats up for adoption they were like we're not we're not doing that because there are sick people in this world who will literally kill animals this time of year as a way of sacrifice like so so my thought is satanic i don't know but it yeah it's sick so my thought is is a little bit different that around this time of year with halloween that kind of people let their guard down with their kids a little bit oh because like you're letting your kids go out like trick or treating mm-hmm. and you're going from like door to door and you think your community is safe and people that are sick and like prey on that. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a shark in, in water. It's like, they're like, well, this is the time to hunt because mm. if you think about it, what's like if you to, to find a victim at this point in time when people let their guard down a little bit, like, okay, like, you know, you have, you know, parties and, and you know, you have kids in the community. Like, it's just those type of things that, like, as a, I could just see that being the thought process of somebody that's really disturbed. Interesting. And I mean, also just kind of going on more of a, like a movie situation it's like michael myers like oh that was another one i didn't bring up so there's you know michael myers he you know he goes around in a mask at this time of year to hunt babysitters Mm -hmm. 
and because no one's going to suspect him because he's in a mask. Yeah, and forgive me, I didn't I didn't mention this one. Um, and I really should have, because I think you would have found it interesting. Okay. Jacob, Jake, he went by Jake, Evan, in 2004 was inspired to kill by Rob Zombie's Halloween remake. He murdered his mom and his sister. He shot his sister twice and his mom multiple times with a gun. He then called 911 and confessed. And he said he wanted to kill more people. So let's talk about the Rob Zombie Halloween movie. Oh God! So I didn't I, like that one. I don't like that one either, but it's it's for a couple of reasons. One, it it takes Michael Myers, makes him a victim, and makes him more of a victim because he they show like he broke he you know went through a quote unquote like broken home you know it got a lot of abuse mm-hmm. and that's why he ended up being the shape. But things are a little more scarier in a horror movie when you don't know why somebody is doing something. Right. So my my thing is, with that, does the showing of Michael Myers' childhood, and I don't know that that kid's childhood. I don't I don't know that. But like, if he felt like, oh, like I'm just like Michael Myers. This is my home. You know, this is what I should become because this we are very much the same. You know, the fact that you know that version of Michael Myers mirrors his version of his life. Is that why he did that? Yeah, I don't know. I really don't. I couldn't tell you. Uh, I don't know enough about it. It's an odd thing because we love Halloween so much, but also I'm thinking like, like these true crime things suck because it's like, it takes what we love about the holiday and twists it to a very demonic, like, um, Mm -hmm you know terrifying level because it's fun to be scared it's you know but that's like it's fun to be scared but it's not like you know you want to go well and like i said (laughs) and like i said it's there's very rare cases of candy being tampered with Mm -hmm. um i mean the the majority of the time but now like candy is safe mm -hmm. you do want to check it before you give it to your kid but for the most part candy is safe every now and then there's a story nowadays it's not the candy being like tampered with, you know, razor blades or I think it's now the story is that, you know, candy is being tampered with fentanyl. Yeah. Like that's, that's been the story this year. Mm-hmm. And so I think these, these type of folklore and these things that like, you know, always check your candy type of things, they evolve over time mm-hmm. to not just be, Oh, it's cyanide. It's, a, it's a razor, razor blade. blade it's now fentanyl which is a part of the opioid drug epidemic right. and so it, it goes with the times now and so that's an interesting thing about it is that this stuff evolves to be part of our like specific time frame now yeah and so i mean these stories persist yeah is what i'm saying But, you know, we will still continue to enjoy Halloween. We like to watch our scary movies. We take our kid to Trunk or Treat and other events. And we still check his candy. We check his candy. Um, When we go Monday night, we're going to go walk around our neighborhood. We have a great neighborhood for Mm trick-or-treating. Our neighbors really get into Halloween. Um, And we will still check his candy. (laughs) We we follow behind him. We Mm -hmm. don't let him go off on his own we monitor the situation 
and we will check his candy before he takes a bite of anything. I think, I think the thing has always been with these type of, even with every true crime situation we've talked about or any type of thing with, with even this holiday, is that, you know, most of it is safe. Yeah. Not everything is safe. Like right. that's that's the whole message of, of this these situations have mm-hmm. been, mm-hmm. you know, most of the situations have been safe. However, there have been situations where it has been unsafe. Yeah. And that's scary. That's the scary part. Yes. And so, and, and, I, and honestly, it's not the supernatural stuff that's scary. Yeah. It's, it's the humans. Humans. It's humankind. It, it's it's man. But I wonder though. Again, like I don't, I don't know how much I want to delve into this. But I and I do think there's sick people in the world. But I just wonder how much of it is demonic influence. You know, people who are influenced to do evil things. For evil reasons, because of evil entities. I think. Let's talk about what, what was the guy I know saying? you're a mental health professional. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this is that I think what, what was the main, the guy with the pissy six name again? Uh, Ronald O'Brien. So a little bit of that, and I feel like some of the other cases too. He well, was motivated for wealth. He, wanted, he was trying to get right. money because he was in debt, and he thought, but "Let me kill my kid." There's and... other situations where people have wanted to hurt their kids because of what's called Munchausen's spread proxy. By proxy, yeah. And that's something where it's, "Oh my God, look what happened to my kid!" And you get something fame-related, mm-hmm. like by proxy of that. Mm-hmm. And I think that could also be the case of some of these situations. There have been stories of yeah, people oh, yeah. oh, hold, 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 hold on there have been stories of where um people have said they found like things in their candy and they've contacted the news like and said hey i found this candy with a needle inside of it and then it turns out upon further investigation, it was, it was apparent because they wanted that 15 minutes of fame. Right. And what, but you don't even need the Halloween season for that shit. Um, what's that book that you read with a little boy that was like abused by his mother? She would pour like Clark's bleach down his throat. A boy name. Oh, that was a child called it. A child called it. That wasn't, <gasps> that wasn't, that wasn't Munchausen by proxy. That was a full on like abusive situation that was probably one of the worst books i've ever had to read yeah so but but the thing is though is i think and i know you said like you know like demonic possessions but i think people also yeah i said influence i think people also want that 15 minutes of fame they want to be able to put it on the social media and say hey look i found this needle on my candy um you know but that doesn't actually hurt the child it doesn't hurt the child. I mean, the, where Ronald O'Brien took a step further was actually poisoning his child to the right. point of death. He wanted the he money. Put, he actually, I didn't mention this, but he actually put enough poison, uh, the potassium cyanide, to kill two adults, let alone well, one child. Yeah, fuck that guy. Like he's So he, he wanted to make sure he got the job done. Like, he's right. an asshole. And he had researched and everything. Like, there was evidence that he had researched. Right. So, um, so yeah. I, well... Okay, so let's take a breather yes, and take it out of the true crime thing and just kind of move back to this time of year and how great it can be 
Right. And how wonderful it is to spend time with your actual family that's not trying to kill you. And to have fun. And have We've fun. had a blast with our kiddo for his fall break. We um we got to go to Brown County, Indiana yesterday and explore and have fun and see all the spooky Halloween stuff mm. and decorations. And um we're looking forward to Halloween. Yeah. We hope all of you have a wonderful, safe, happy Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, we hope you get lots of candy and have enjoyed the spooky, scary mm-hmm. movies that are on TV right. right now. Or if you have certain ones you like to watch. We're going to actually probably watch Trick or Treat here soon. Maybe. Yeah, probably tomorrow. Either tonight or tomorrow. Yeah. I kinda, I'm kind of i having an inkling for wanting to watch it tonight if we have time. Oh, man, I'm fading fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so have a wonderful Halloween. Just remember the rules. Always check your candy. Don't blow out your jack-o'-lantern before midnight. Those are the two ones. There's Those are the two main ones, but those there's are the more. Two main, but those are the two that I remember. You remember from trick Well, we got to watch Trick or Treat then so you can remember the other ones. Right. So anyway, happy Halloween, everyone. <laughs> happy Halloween. And if, you know, follow us on Instagram at spirited underscore spirits underscore podcast. Or on uh, Twitter. Twitter at spirited spirits. Um, email us email us at contact spirited spirits dot or at, at, at gmail.com gmail. and then join us next week as we sip on spirits and we talk about spirits that's right bye bye